<laughs> Did I scare you? Listening to the podcast that answers the only question that matters in horror film. Did I scare you? I am your host, Jake Albrecht. And I'm his co-host and little brother Vin. And how are we doing today, Vin? I'm okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'd say I'm okay. Alright. <laughs> There's a long pause there with not much thought afterwards. I, was like, I, I really had to think about it. Yeah, but I thought <laughs> I thought with so much time to think that you must be coming to some conclusion that's going to be worth hearing, and instead it was like a minute and a half to get to, okay. I mean, if I thought about it for another, like, I don't know, five or ten minutes, I'm sure it would have been, like, I feel pretty awful. (laughs) All right, well, let's not give you the time to get there then. For those of you who don't, who haven't listened before, this is the podcast where we two brothers switch off picking horror movies in an attempt to scare the other one. Vinny, I selected the movie this week. What is the name of the movie I selected? You have selected In an American Werewolf in London. That's right. This is a 1981 movie that was written and directed by John Landis, uh, notable for directing Animal House, and also for that time he got three people killed. Oh. 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 (laughs) That's right. For those of you who aren't aware, John Landis... Also directed uh, one of the segments in Twilight Zone movie, uh, which was actually just one year after this movie came out. Wait, can I can I ask you? That's the Twilight Zone movie that they did a lot of. Um, like they they replayed a lot of like episodes. Like I had John Lithgow doing. Uh, okay, all right. So yeah, I know exactly what movie you're talking about. Yeah, had Dan Aykroyd in the beginning. Yes, his segment was the one with Vic Morrow where he goes back in time to the Vietnam War. Oh, oh, okay, okay. Yeah. Yeah, because we had, we had talked off mic about this, and I was just like, what segment is he talking about? That's right, and there was a scene where there was a helicopter crash while Vic Morrow was running with two Vietnamese children, and unfortunately, the explosion caused the helicopter they were shooting with to crash for real, which chopped off his head. And one of the kids' heads, and the helicopter crushed the other kid. And these kids did not have official work permits, and they were actually working off of the clock under the table in order to bypass some of the safety guidelines. Uh, So quite famously, uh, John Landis went on trial for manslaughter in 1986 over this. But anyways, that was after this. So this is, uh, let's talk about this movie before he killed anyone. (laughs) My only question is, were they able to finish the segment? <laughs> yeah, obviously. I mean, like, you've seen the movie. Vic Morrow's in it, you know, head attached. That's Unless they super glued it back to his body. They worked him like a puppet. I don't want to be too insensitive, but yes, I guess it's possible they could have duct taped his head on like he was a parakeet and Dumb and Dumber. <laughs> And that's exactly how he told his directors, too. He was just like, listen, I fixed it. See, he's right there. 
and he's got just jiggling on like a plank of wood. Right, and executive producer Steven Spielberg's like, I see no issue here. <laughs> but we're getting, right. <laughs> we're getting very yeah. far afield because I did not select the Twilight Zone movie, although I could have. So <laughs> that's a that's I guess a story for another episode. Uh, this is an American Werewolf in London. Vinny, have you ever seen this movie before? No, this is one of the movies that has always been on, like, I don't say bucket list, because it's like, I don't have a list of, like, horror movies I want to watch before I die, but it's definitely on a list of movies I want to see, so it's also been dubbed as, like, one of the best werewolf movies of all time, especially with transformation purposes, so... Yeah, it is widely regarded as one of the best practical effects movies ever made. Yes, I would agree. And I think upon rewatch that uh, I can say, yes, I'm still of the opinion, the effects in this movie are absolutely top-notch. Actually, this was the first movie to ever win Best Makeup at the Oscars uh, the year before Elephant Man, directed by David Lynch. uh, Oh, oh no. (laughs) Got shut out at the Oscars, and uh, a lot of people thought that, that there should be a category for makeup specifically for that movie. So this came just one year after that, and was the initial winner of that uh, of that award. Makes sense. There's a lot of great makeup work that is going on in this movie. Yeah, and what's great about it, as opposed to like like uh, last week, we watched Silent Hill. And <laughs> I lamented a lot of the issues with how bad the CGI special effects looked in it, and uh, to contrast that, this movie, which came out literally 25 years before Silent Hill did, like, all the effects in it still look, they look great. They look amazing. Right. It's all very well, visceral. I mean, like, sometimes, obviously, the werewolf looks less real than others. <laughs> I kind of like that, though. It's got a it's got a flavor to it where it's just, like, it's a little too supernatural, a little hokey. But I like that. I, I enjoy a lot of horror movies that have that aspect to them because I feel like a lot of new horror movies lose that charm to them. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, there's a certain feeling of their, um, of at least inhabiting the same space as something. <laughs> like, <laughs> like let, let's, let's face facts. We and you both saw that video of Elizabeth Moss getting choked around by a green screen <laughs> invisible figure. And that's, it's still awfully silly. <laughs> I like, honestly, like, uh, as far as some of that stuff goes, that's not as bad as some of it can be, but, um, that's true. It's true. Yeah. I would compare that more to like, uh, some of the shit that happens in silent Hill where it's like, <laughs> you're just going to keep going back to that. Well, there's like, you know, like when they do the CGI lady and like, she gets like hit with the, uh, the hooks at the end and it's like, she doesn't even really look like a human, and, like, she's just standing there. She's not even moving at the time. She can't really move. She's Her arms and legs were bounded. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Those are really 2000 CGI special effects. Like, they did not age well. It's true. But I do remember a while ago, before I picked High Tension, you were kind of thrilled, like, Oh, we're gonna get into some like two thousands horror. It's like, and that's an interesting time period of of horror movies. And yeah, it's, it's all because of the shitty CGI. Well, 
Or the other way that they go with it, which is the, the torture porn movies, in which case it's like, oh no, there's practical practical effects, but they are gross. Yeah, I, I hope to God we never get to those movies someday. There's not like, oh, my friend turned into like a puppet zombie. Instead, it's like, hey, do you want to see what it would look like if a tendon got cut? It's like, not really. It's like, yeah. bad. Yeah, part of <laughs> it looks me... like snip snip. <laughs> see, like, I, I know... And you know our tastes in horror movies, and I think we both are like, nah, I don't like gross out like horror. It's just like something I don't like to touch. So unless someone emails us in and suggests it, I don't think we're ever gonna pick those kind of movies. So you know, hey, here's hoping. I think that maybe you're underestimating how much of a completist I am. <laughs> Oh, fuck. Eventually, I'll definitely pick one of those movies just because, like, you can't have a horror podcast and be like, oh, I'm not going to do one of those. Yeah, it's going to be, did I scare you to, did I make you puke? (laughs) (laughs) It'll be like one of the Cannibal Holocaust ones where we spend the whole time being like, and this is another scene that upset me deeply. (laughs) (laughs) Just a list. That's all it is. It's just going to be like a list. It'll be like, okay, and I remember that. And yeah, that definitely made me feel like I had to go puke. Be like, did I scare you? Turns into like, am I queasy? Yes. <laughs> yes. Am I queasy? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and here we have the board behind us, the puke factor. Uh, where where do you uh, rank up? One being not so bad to ten being it's all over my screen. We've got distracted again. So I had asked you if you'd seen it before. You said no, but you'd always planned on it. Uh, I have seen this movie before, and I quite enjoyed it the first time I had. It obviously had a very sterling reputation. So, But it was a long time ago that I first saw it. Maybe about, if I had to guess, at least 10 years. So I f- feel like there was one time that I was young, and I thought you had rented this movie... But then, looking back, it wasn't this movie rented. It was an American Werewolf in Paris that you had. No, I never rented that. I'm pretty sure I watched that on TV. I thought someone had rented that and played it on TV. <laughs> I have never seen it in, in, in its entirety, although uh, Julie Delpy is in it, and I love her from the Before Sunrise movies. So That's not really a full note. That's more like a half-thought. <laughs> And I'm just tossing it out there. Perfect. So let's, uh, as you say. Oh, you want to tarry no further? Yeah. All right, Vinny, let's get into an American werewolf in London and not in Paris. Yeah, <laughs> I do insist. Ah, oh, shit, I think I watched the wrong movie. <laughs> I listened to a real podcast where that happened recently, and I didn't stick around to find out how it... it what happened after that? The tension was too great for me that I got anxious and turned it off. Because you were like, like no, could... no, no, this is like a nightmare. It's too real because you just think one one of these days it's going to happen to us. <laughs> That's easy enough for us because I feel like if we realized it in the first couple minutes, we'll just be like, all right, well, we're not recording today then. <laughs> and one of us has one more movie to watch. Uh. (laughs) 
All right, uh, we start with the old Universal logo, although not the really old one, the 1980s version of it. I like this one, though, the Misty Earth. Yeah, that's pretty good. Yeah. And then we open up what looks to be countryside while Blue Moon plays, because uh, werewolves, you get it. Right. Well, I took note, I was like, cool, like this is a pretty sweet song to start a horror movie off of, and then, you know... Going further, I was like, oh, they actually have some real good songs that they picked in this movie. I mean, they're all werewolf related, but they're good. <laughs> yeah, he definitely went through a catalog where he's just like, moon <laughs> or wolves, hit me with either. <laughs> he put out his Spotify playlist and he's like, moon or wolves. I'm like, based on the content, should you have any sexy nurse songs? And he's like, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> anyways we get a lot of dissolve shots of the hillside as the song plays in its entirety and one of the notes i do uh have from the start here is that john peters is one of the executive producers so based on the kevin smith story from uh, the first evening with kevin smith i am on the lookout for some giant spiders in this movie <laughs> that dude really loves those giant spiders man yeah, he's a big fan. <laughs> we'll have to wait till Wild Wild West someday for that. Does it count if it's a mechanical spider, though? It counts. Okay. It's got eight legs. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Finally, a car appears in the distance. And it's on a long, ill-paved road. And it's a big truck full of sheep. The farmer gets out, and he lets open the back. There's a couple of American backpackers in there with the sheep, and they all hop out. And then the farmer gives them directions to the nearest town, and he gives them very clear directions to stay out of the moors. Now, for these two guys, one of them is famous enough for me to be like, that's Griffin Dunn, and the other one is Orange <laughs> Coat. Oh, which is the main guy. <laughs> yeah, main guy's Orange Coat, although Orange Coat at one point is also wearing a red coat, so... And then, he's, he's orange red coat. And then some... What, what are you going to call him when he's naked? He's still orange coat. Okay. Orange coat is naked is a lot of my notes. Naked orange coat. But... Uh, <laughs> Griffin Dunn says bye girls to the sheep as the truck pulls away. Yeah, it was awesome. I actually took note and said, I wonder what it would be like to like travel in like the back of like a truck with a bunch of sheep. You think it'd be comfy, a little cozy, or you think they'd try to, like, bite you and be really, like, I don't know, assholes to you? I think that I would probably be so consumed with the smell that any other aspect of the experience would be so lost <laughs> on me. <laughs> also, I don't tend to find, like, sheep's wool comfortable, so... Oh, that's true. Oh, yeah, that wool be itchy. scratchy and, like, yeah, like, maybe too hot back there. <laughs> especially with like all the coats that both griffin and uh orange coat are wearing it's pretty poofy so yeah no i'm looking for more of like a cotton blend out of my farm animal for uh snuggling purposes you're gonna have to go down to farmer jenkins farm then he's got like those premium uh you know silk cheap <laughs> <laughs> i'm not gonna press it <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, make him explain the science of it. I'm like, nah. It's like, does he know where silk comes from? You know what? No, let's find out. 
Vinny, where does silk come from? Doesn't it come from worms? Okay, you do know. All right. Yeah. <laughs> so, so that's what I'm saying. So he would be, he'd have a farm. In the back of your truck, I'm like hanging out with a bunch of fucking caterpillars. <laughs> yeah, basically. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I'd be worried about squishing a person. <laughs> I know, then he'd get real pissed because like, you know, he'd count them and be like, the fuck <laughs> I had 10,000 worms when I left. I'm down to nine. (laughs) You put like a fucking stool back here or something. And I can imagine like it being Griffin. He would be like doing like oopsie steps like, oh, ooh. (laughs) (laughs) Anyways, they got out of the truck. They do get out of the truck. That's true. Uh, Where are we at? Uh, yeah, Griffin Dunn is uh, sort of snarking about uh, how great it is here in Britain because they're backpacking through all of Europe, and they're going to be moving on to the more exciting countries later. Yeah, and you know this was their plan, and this I feel like is an old school plan because, like, I, I don't feel like backpacking is as like prominent for travel as much anymore. Because I was like, oh, they're getting dropped off at the countryside. And all they have is their backpacks. May I tell you I something that you might not Go know? Go for it. My best friend, the best man at my wedding, Tim Lee, uh, when he first got out of high school, he backpacked through Europe for a couple of months. Oh, cool. So, as recently as like 18 years ago, yeah, people were still doing this. That's interesting. I just, I've never, I've never had the fascination of doing it myself. Kind of a homebody, but... I just look and I'm like, what's the plan? What do they do? And it's just like, they're just going to stroll and walk and hope to find a town with a backpack of basic stuff with them. Yeah, it was like sort of just a lot of days of him like trying to find ways to get food mostly. That sounds awful. (laughs) He has some crazy stories about like, (laughs) I shouldn't tell someone else's stories on my podcast. All right, well, one, just one real quick, okay? Okay. He was okay. hitchhiking with his friend in France. They got picked up by a guy who drove them off to get a battery out of another car to put it in their car. <laughs> and then he took it out and put it back in the original car. And the car that was still running without a battery is like, you just drive it now. <laughs> but like, he was saying this in French to them, which like they kind of got, but kind of didn't. And then one of them <laughs> rode off with the guy in the other car that had the battery still in it. And while they were driving, the car without the battery died on the highway and the other <laughs> car disappeared into the distance. <laughs> <laughs> and eventually the guy came back, but there was definitely a few moments where whoever was in the car without the battery was like, this is my life now. <laughs> I'm stuck here forever. I have a car, but no battery. <laughs> and that's going to be... has gone forever. <laughs> that's going to be a real weird story to tell the police in very broken French, too. <laughs> well, I have some bad news for you. That guy, like, high-tensioned your friend and put his heads <laughs> on the side of the road. And I'll oh. tell you what we found in the mouth. <laughs> Anywho, <laughs> I got you to anywho. Nice. 
right, where the fuck are we at with this movie? They're traveling down the road. Yes, they're uh, discussing the relative merits of a girl that Griffin Dunn hopes to meet later. And Orange Coat says that there'll be other girls to meet on this trip. And they trail off down the road unsuccessfully doing knock-knock jokes in a way that I didn't quite understand. <laughs> but later as night falls, they come up on a pub that's called The Slaughtered Lamb. Yeah, and it had a really cool, like, plank image of, like, a wolf's head, like, impaled. And I just thought it was awesome. I was just like, hey, I, I appreciate a pub or like a bar that's going for like something like catchy. And it's like, I'd go in there. I don't think that I would go into any place that had slaughter in the title. (laughs) Just feels like that's inviting disaster. Probably. (laughs) All right. So orange coat wants to go in, but Griffin Dunn is not a fan of the name and they agree to go in eventually noting that it will be orange coats fault. Whatever happens. Which carries through the rest of the film, unfortunately. <laughs> and then all the locals go quiet and stop moving when they walk in. They sort of sidle up to a table while everyone watches them suspiciously. They ask the woman who owns the bar for hot soup or coffee. And she's like, we got alcohol or tea. So they settle on tea. Then the locals are murmuring away and Griffin Dunn points out a pentagram on the wall. Although he keeps calling it a pentangle. Well, a pen isn't a pentagram five points? Yeah, it's five, it is five. It's five either way. Yeah, it's a five point star. I think the thing anyways. that separates it, and I don't want to get too pedantic about this, is that uh, there would probably be a circle around it to make it a pentagram. Right, and it was only a star. Yeah, with candles next to it. But either way, it means what you're supposed to think it means. Right. So, what else does a bloody star on a wall mean? Well. Orange Code has a theory, which goes like this. Maybe they're from Texas, which leads to Griffin Dunn asking the bar owner if she remembers the Alamo. And somewhat insanely, this leads to the locals discussing the John Wayne movie of the same name, which one of the locals thinks sucks. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm going to be honest with you, like, rewatching this movie, I was like, I kind of thought that Tarantino was the one who brought the, like, discussing old pop culture in movies into the forefront but there is a lot of that in this movie i kind of like it yeah because it's the sort of thing that people discuss in real life to a certain extent but well then they also bring up a a racist joke so yeah well (laughs) (laughs) yeah the local hates john wayne is telling some jokes about a french guy a british guy an american guy in a plane where the plane is too heavy, so they're tossing things out, and eventually the French guy and the British guy... Jump out. Right. And the punchline is essentially that the American guy tosses a Mexican guy out of the plane after shouting, remember the Alamo. So, I wrote, Jesus, even back then our racism for Hispanic people was noted abroad. Yeah, I was just like, Americans are so racist. Take that. <laughs> that does seem to be what the point of the joke is. <laughs> It's like, huh, they they got us. <laughs> it's at that point where they're just like, we should probably go. Yeah. Well, no, after this, no, wait, Griffin wait, Dunn yeah. asks them about the pentagram, and everyone gets super fucking pissed. And a guy who's playing darts is like, you made me miss, in a threatening <laughs> voice. Like, he's fucking bullseye. 
Yeah, he he's like, I've never missed in my life. And it's like, come on, dude. We all know you probably missed a couple. Like, you missed a few. I mean, like, come <laughs> on. It's just like he's trying to play tough and whatnot. It's like, but you know he played by himself and he's like, Christ. I can't fucking tell anyone I missed that. I imagine that he's, like, actually missing all day and he's just blaming whoever the fuck's around. <laughs> he's like, boy, you over there, drinking loudly. You made me miss for the first time in me life. He's like, boy, cat outside chasing a chipmunk. You made me miss. <laughs> Guy in the corner, his name's Glenn, and he's just like, I don't know what you're talking about. And he's like, <laughs> He does drink loudly. I know. <laughs> <laughs> Orangecoat wants to bail after this, and Griffin Dunn is hungry, and the locals are like, piss off. And the barmaid says to all of them, you can't let them go. But the darts guy's like, get the fuck out of here, and stay on the <laughs> road, and stay out of the moors. And, jeez, given what they know, this sure seems like a harsh punishment for asking a question, Finn. Well, he made a miss. <laughs> <laughs> That's punishment, you know? <laughs> I don't think the punishment should be death. <laughs> it's not necessarily death. You just tell him to fuck off, basically. <laughs> or a, I mean, he knows what's outside. <laughs> there's a great white shark in your pool and someone, like, spilled a beer on your shoes, you wouldn't be like, I'm going to boot your ass in the pool for that. <laughs> That's it. Into the shark pool you go. <laughs> They'd be like, well, I didn't need him alive. The shark did. It's like, dude, you knew who was in there. Did I? <laughs> like, the fucking fin was above the water. <laughs> I thought it was a chair I threw in there earlier. <laughs> yeah, where did you pick up those fin chairs? <laughs> I got them at Target, you know, real cheap. Anywho. Uh, our American duo heads out into the night. Back in the bar, they're still debating whether or not they should let the Americans die. And I'm like, oh, man. <laughs> yeah, it's it's kind of too late now. And weirdly, the darts player is very emotional about it now. <laughs> he's searched pretty deep in his soul, and he's just like, all right, I lied. I miss all the time. <laughs> I fucking pissed on the floor this morning and standing in the toilet. It's <laughs> just something wrong with me left eye. He's just burying his soul. You know what's funny is like so Orange Coat and Griffin are walking down the street and they're like, Yeah, we gotta get the fuck out of here. They said, But boy, those guys can play darts. Yes. They were very impressed with their level of play. <laughs> Yeah, all that. I said he never misses. <laughs> what would he do? Lie about it? <laughs> they look at the dartboard, and every single one is just missed. Some of them are on the ground, so you know, like he hit the tip and it fell off. Meanwhile, that guy's in the parking lot trying to back into a space, and he's just hitting every car. There. <laughs> I can't stop fucking missing. <laughs> That's why they're scared to say... first, but now it might be glaucoma. That's why they're scared to let them go out. They're afraid he's gonna get his car and run him over. And they said stick to the road because you know they can't stay on the road. 
So he's fucking driving through the moors all night. <laughs> he's hitting hills. He's like, oh, it's a fucking real bumpy ride home today. <laughs> Somebody's got to do something but these potholes. <laughs> we're, we're, so, we're so fucking far off right now. Jake, we got off the path. <laughs> We were out in the boards and we're about to get in. <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> Griffin Dunn is arguing to Orange Coat that the pentagram was about something supernatural. They have a good laugh about this, and then it starts to rain. And then they head into the moors singing some opera. What the? They. <laughs> I, I don't know what spurred that on, but what's even crazier is they're on the path, clear on the path, and then immediately they just veer off the path. <laughs> yeah, Vinny, they were happy singing opera. And one of them goes to, like, an Italian stereotype voice and says, like, it's a cold out and a wet out of here. <laughs> I think that was Griffin that did that. <laughs> I, I wasn't sure. Back at the bar, the locals are like, hmm. Does rain keep away werewolves? I can never remember. <laughs> Only if someone blessed the sky. <laughs> yeah. Then they hear the howling, so they have their answer. Yeah, guess not. Poor Jimi Hendrix did not kiss the sky. <laughs> <laughs> the bar owner's like, oh, come on, go help them. And they're all like, I didn't hear shit. <laughs> yeah. But you know who did? Our fine American friends. They're having a good laugh about it. Until they realize they wandered off the road in the middle of their Italian reverie. <laughs> and then they try to hustle back to the pub, but they realize pretty quickly they're lost. Now, Orange Coat says, let's just keep moving. But the roaring is closer now, and Griffin Dunn thinks it's circling them. Yeah, it was at that point, too, that like the howling got louder, and my dog, who was laying next to me, picked her head up like, huh yeah, my dog also <laughs> suffered from much of the howling in this movie. And then I followed this up by watching the animated movie Wolf Walkers. So it was a real tough day for him, howling-wise. First of all, what the hell is Wolf Walkers? That's a great movie. Check it out on Apple+. Plus. Uh, where are we at? Yes, they stand in the They're moor. being circled. <laughs> yeah, they stand in the moor, their breaths fogging up all around them. And they look at the camera seeing the wolf, although we don't see it at home. They speculate it's a dog of some variety. So they're kind of trying to do like the beginning of Jaws thing with the werewolf in this. Mm -hmm. Where they're like, you see people's reactions to it rather than seeing it. Right. I mean, you get a flash of its eyes and that's about it. But that that's enough. Like, I, I, yeah. I like the cheekiness of that. I think that that's uh, pretty good. It's like suggestive. I like I like the way that that works. Yeah, it's kind of like, well, like Black Christmas's uh, success from Billy is that you never see him. So, <laughs> and I like that because it makes you like, oh man, my imagination of them is way worse than what they can ever produce on screen. Yeah, no, I agree with you completely on that. Um, so they try to shuffle away from it without drawing its attention, but we still hear the roaring. They break into a run in orange coat trips. And when Griffin Dunn goes to help him out, he is immediately attacked by a werewolf. <laughs> and he's this were <laughs> this werewolf uh, slaughter is brought to us by Janusport, because that's the backpack that they're using. 
even if you're getting slaughtered by a werewolf, Jake, you can always uh, hang true with Janice Sport that that's never going to break. Uh-huh. Yeah, you know, remember Janice Sport? Nope. It's a pretty big fucking like backpack brand. <laughs> That's like the all the like the eighties and nineties backpack brands. I'm, or is it Java Sport? If I oh my god, <laughs> is it Java Sport or Java? I saw it from a distance, so <laughs> I want. <laughs> I need to tell you how much I don't care. Oh. Oh, you know what? Discuss like twenty more minutes if it's Jana or Java. I'm genuinely curious if I didn't say anything, if you would talk for twenty minutes uninterrupted about what the name of this backpack might be. Um, it's Jansport. Oh my god, <laughs> Samsonite! I was way off. <laughs> Anywho, <laughs> Jesus Christ, you can't. Anywho yourself? That's for me to shame you. I can't take your powers away if I put it on myself. (laughs) I'm the one taking us back into the movie, and it goes a little something like this. Griffin Dunn screams as his throat is ripped apart, and Orko (laughs) runs away initially, but then runs back to help his friend. He, He runs like five minutes away from him and then goes, Oh no. And then he turns around like, yeah, you dick. Yeah, I'm just going to say it too. Orange Coat is not a great actor. <laughs> I I like him enough. Yeah, I don't remember what this guy's real name is. David Naughton, maybe? Something like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, not a fan. I'm not going to look it up, so we're just going to guess that. I love Griffin Dunn, but not him so much, so... When he comes back, Griffin Dunn is a bloody corpse lying on the ground. And then the wolf hops on him and scratches and bites him. But the locals come back and shoot it. And I gotta ask, Vin, if it was this easy to kill this wolf, why the fuck didn't they do this a long time ago? Uh, I don't know. Because I, I guess the locals weren't stupid enough to go out and, you know, and do that. Also, let's just... <laughs> They know that he got bit by a werewolf, okay? Like, as we're all going to realize in some time. And they just kind of send him back out into the world. And then later they're like, oh, he's in great danger. It's like, yeah, dude, why didn't you fucking, like, put one between his eyes, too? I, you know, maybe they felt guilty because they're the ones that sent them out there in the first place. And they were just like, listen, not ready to bear all on that, so... Yeah, I don't. It's, you just go do you, and then we'll go do us and reconvene. They're like, we want a lot of people to die, but we don't want to be directly responsible. <laughs> Maybe like, as long as it's like less than less than four, and it's like it's six people. Fuck, <laughs> that's not good. Wait, I don't. Are you counting the car crash? <laughs> <laughs> we'll get to it. <laughs> All right. Well. Orange Coat lies on the ground and looks over at his friend's mutilated body, and he looks up at the locals who say nothing standing over him. Then he wakes up in a hospital bed with a scar well, on his face. Yeah, they killed the werewolf, and it's just a, some naked dude just kind of hanging out there. That's just a, a fine note to drop in there. The werewolf they killed. He is killed. Oh, I, okay. I knew he was dead. I didn't realize he turned it back into a naked guy, so I missed that. Yeah. Very good. That's an important note. 
<laughs> Red car, good note. Uh, <laughs> Orange Coat uh, wakes up in a hospital bed with a scar on his face. And by his bed is a hot British nurse. Guess what she's going to be called for the rest of this movie? Hello, nurse. Just hot British nurse. Oh. <laughs> she starts to inspect his eyes and tells another nurse that he called out. The other nurse <laughs> reveals that she sneaked a peek at his dick so she knows he's Jewish. And, I mean, a lot of us got those circumcised penises now, lady. Which amazingly, hot British nurse also points out. <laughs> I guess maybe like British people like weren't hot on like you know getting penises snipped, so I don't know. Yeah, it's possible it hadn't caught on there, but it's, it was a fad, you know. <laughs> Only punk rockers were doing it, despite the government. But uh, after this, a, a doctor comes in and ushers out his dick peeking nurse. <laughs> now he checks Orange Coat's uh, pulse. Then he tells hot British nurse to get moving too. Then he he asks her to say what the what the guy calls out, and she's like, "Oh, his friend's name." He's like, "Ah, oh, yes, the one that was murdered. They were both <laughs> murdered by a madman." So she seems a little too interested in Orange Coat, who's gone comatose now. And then we go into his dreams where he's running through the woods in a POV shot from let's say about dog level. So you get it. Yeah, yeah. It's a trope. And then Orange Coat wakes up, and the doctor is waiting with a colleague. They tell the Orange Coat that his friend has died. The guy <laughs> waiting is from the American... They don't, they don't even break into him, like, softly. They're just like, oh, and your friend is dead. Yeah, they. I guess they don't have bedside manner in Britain. <laughs> no, not really. It's very matter-of-fact. And then, yeah, the, this other guy, this dork that's with them. Did you recognize who that is? No. Was there something about his voice that might have sounded slightly familiar? No. Hmm. All right, well, let's go ahead and get into it, I guess. The guy waiting from the American Embassy is like, Hey, sorry about your friend's death, but don't worry, we've notified your families. <laughs> I I did, I did took note, because he says hey really weirdly, mm. and I was like, you know what would be funny? If they recasted this dude as David Cross. I think it's pretty good with who it is, and I'll tell you why in a moment. So, Orange Coat struggles in his bed trying to get out of it, and then hot British nurse comes in to give him a sedative, while the embassy guy's like, Calm down, Mr. Orange Coat! And oh. it was at that point that I noticed that he sounded a lot like Fozzie Bear, and I was like, I saw Frank Oz's name in the beginning of this. Is that Frank Oz? And I googled it, and yeah, that's who that fucking is. Oh, no shit. Oh, then that makes so much sense about the Muppet stuff later, then. Yeah, I think that was a coincidence, but I'm not positive. Oh. <laughs> I was just like, I was like, huh, Muppet stuff. I'm like, I wonder if, like, the the uh special effects set like like the jim henson studio like helped Muppet like stuff sounds like a really funny you porn search <laughs> do i dare muppet stuff pov hd it's just kermit fucking slamming miss piggy from behind <laughs> kermit the frog j-o-i <laughs> real fit <fan> <laughs> <laughs> well, you'll be happy to know. <laughs> nothing, 
nothing too out of the ordinary is really showing up. All so. right, well, that's fair, fair enough. The <laughs> <laughs> doctor tells Orange Coat about the lunatic that attacked him, and before Orange Coat drifts off, he's like, it wasn't a man, it was a wolf. And they're like, he's fucking crazy. Clearly it was a naked man. <laughs> Uh, later, the doctor is in his office having a cup of tea when Scotland Yard shows up. I think he briefly has an argument with on the phone with his wife about who they're having dinner with, but it's not really important. Yeah, he tells to blow off the person. He's like, tell him I'm dead. And she's like, what? And she's like, yeah, tell him I'm dead. And I'm like, well, that's one way to get somebody to stop calling you forever. <laughs> they really freak them out when they see you walking around later, though. <laughs> You said you were dead. It's like, I am. I'm a figment of your imagination. Uh, that kind of stuff happens a lot in this movie, though. So We'll get to it during the porn scene. But anyways, Scotland Yard shows up, and there's a younger and older inspector. They keep doing a bit where the young one is kind of a bit too big for his britches. The old one keeps shaking him off. And then the young inspector knocks over a couple of bedpans. And spend some time trying to get them back together like they're a nesting doll. I don't know that any of this was important. It's just like a bit they did. It's, it's weird. I don't know. I was like, was this needed? Probably not. <laughs> yeah, they sort of set it up too after this where it seems like the young inspector believes Orange Coat, but the old one doesn't. And I'm like, ah, yes, this is going to pay off. Not really. No, in fact, Young Inspector does not show up at all for the rest of this movie. That's not true. So. He comes by in the end, but he's just kind of standing there. Oh, okay. Well, I mean, like, the middle part, then. Because it's mostly focused on Old Inspector. Not even really, but... uh. Oh, wait, no, it's the Doctor. Holy fuck, I'm getting characters mixed up. You're getting up. way far ahead of us. Let's just go through this piece by piece. Oh, okay. All right. On to the next back on the path get away from the moles the moors moors oh moors there's moles in the moors i guess <laughs> no you know what you're trying to drag me out there with you stay on the road the grass is so comfy jake the road is so tough hey, and hard go to interview feet. the patient and orange coat tries to tell them about the wolf the old inspector is skeptical but the young inspector is like hmm interesting Two boys would be able to fight off one madman. I'm like, eh, I don't know about that. <laughs> then an old inspector's like, sure, he was attacked by some creature, and the whole town came together to keep it under wraps. Now, this reminds me of one of my favorite Twitter accounts called Close But No Potato, where people what? are on the verge of grasping things but don't quite get there. It's like... <laughs> You got it, Inspector. You're almost there. That's exactly what happened. I will be following this page now. <laughs> and the old inspector is like, listen, sorry about your hallucinations, but piss off, old chap, to Orange Coat, and they take off. Then Orange Coat pleads his case to the doctor. It's like, yeah, 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 you'll remember later. Don't worry about it. And then we see Orange Coat running through the woods naked, sort of gambling along. He comes on some deer feeding, and he attacks them. But then hot British nurse, we cut to her in the hospital, and she brings the little kid some pills. 
He keeps kind of doing a little kid bit where he says no to everything she asks for no reason. You know, like little kids do. Yeah. Oh, yeah. She, like, gives him his pills, and she's like, feel any better? And he's like, no. And then the kid starts convulsing and foaming at the mouth, and she's like, good. She's like, should I resuscitate? <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> you little shit. <laughs> But, yeah, she treats it more like, oh, you irascible little thing. <laughs> and while she's standing there, some other kid comes up and slaps her on the ass. And she heads off looking kind of put out. And then she asks an orderly how orange coat it looks. And he's like, looks like more work to me. Fuck off, essentially. <laughs> so she goes off to visit him and he's listening to his headphones in his bed. His lunch untouched. Then they have an argument about whether or not he's going to eat his lunch, but hot British nurse insists he can't get his pills until he eats it, and this turns into her literally cutting up his food and feeding it to him, which is basically some kind of weird psychosexual thing I don't want to get into. Yeah, Orange Coat, though, also exclaims, listen, if you're going to feed me, at least make the airplane noises. Did he say that? No. <laughs> you know what he does do though is he's like kind of giving her sexy eyes while she <laughs> she feeds him pork chops. And I'm like, because that's hot. That's an aphrodisiac. I guess. Like, oh yeah, I guess what I'm looking for is mommy from when I'm six. Ew. Exactly. I don't like it. It creeps me out. <laughs> But anyways, he's running through the woods, and he comes up on himself in a hospital bed, and the hot British nurse is in the woods, and she goes to the bed, and then he turns into a ghoul or something and snarls at her. Yeah, that's that face that you make in the morning when you really gotta take a piss. How do you mean? Because, <laughs> like, you know, he's got that surprised look on his face. Clearly, he's filled up with piss. His eyes are yellow. No, you're right. I got what I deserve for that. <laughs> he's telling us the doctor about these nightmares later. The doctor still thinks he's, it was a madman that attacked him. Then Orange Coat keeps pressing his case, and the doctor's like, if there was a monster, it'd be on the telly. <laughs> yeah. Then he pats him on the shoulder and tells him to remain sane until he's out of the hospital. And Orange Coat says... He doesn't want to be alone, and because this is some weird brothel hospital, the doctor's like, oh, okay, I'll send in hot British nurse to keep you company all night. Yeah. And I'm like, she doesn't have, like, other patients? Nah, she's only got that one kid that says no, and, you know, he's not really fun company. Evidently not. So she's reading a book sitting by his bed while he's lying there checking out her breasts as she stretches back. And then he leches, saying that she's a very beautiful girl. And this whole bit feels a lot different than it did the first time I watched it. Yeah. I just feel like there's yeah. a lot of stuff here where like, she reacts like, oh, you to him. Where I'm like, man, this was written by a creepy dude. <laughs> it convicted. Not I'm convicted. Sorry. He was acquitted, but... No. You know, he could afford an expensive lawyer. <laughs> Let's put it that way. <laughs> so she starts reading the Connecticut Yankee in King Arthur's Court to him. 
Then we cut to them watching The Muppet Show. Nice. Oh, we cut to a family watching a Muppet show. I took that note wrong. And someone's right. knocking on a door, and when he opens it, a bunch of Nazi werewolves <laughs> blow everyone away <laughs> with machine guns and torch the house. And... Yes. <laughs> I I was just kind of like, I don't know, I was in and out a little bit while watching the movie, and I was just like, eh, da, 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 da. And I'm like, oh, hey, the Muppets. I'm like, I love the Muppets. This is awesome. And it's like, and also, Jake, they were explaining the Punch and Judy and I was like, ah, oh, man, maybe the Muppets were listening to our podcast. They were like, let's educate young yeah. Ben. I did actually, I didn't write that down, but I was thinking it too. Where I was like, oh, Kermit's explaining it. Maybe Vinny will get it this time. I did understand. He's like, it's a very famous, you know. For, I was like, yes, I understand, <laughs> Kermit. I got a very recent talking to on this very matter. <laughs> And all of a sudden, these fucking Nazi werewolves just break in the house and just start blowing the family away. And I'm like, what? And then they hold Orange Coat by, like, knife point. I have wondered if this was the inspiration for the, uh, in Grindhouse, one of the fake trailers is Nazi uh, werewolves of the SS. Oh, it could be. That's a good idea. Uh, Yeah. 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 I've wondered that several times since I've seen this, but... I don't know the answer to that, so maybe I shouldn't have brought it up. But uh, this is Orange Coat's family's house, we can imagine. And he's there screaming as the werewolves blow his family away. And then they slit his throat, and he wakes up. And then hot British nurse is like, nightmares, eh? Well, I've got the cure for that. Then she hops up to uh, pull back the curtains in the hospital. But, uh, hey, Vinny, you know what's behind those curtains? another fucking That's Nazi, right, werewolf. Nazi werewolf jumps out and stabs her to death <laughs> <laughs> then he wakes up again saying holy shit <laughs> that's what i was thinking too <laughs> you hate when those fucking nightmares double up on you like that man i know i i do i fucking there's nothing worse than when you like you spring awake from a nightmare and then a nightmare is just like nope just kidding <laughs> It's fucking like Leo DiCaprio's like pushing you back in the chair, but at the same time, it's like there's a guy behind a dumpster with no face, <laughs> and he's hitting me on both levels of it, Leo. Someone's gonna pull the other chair. Out. Like in the second level where La Viad Rose is playing even slower, it's creepy. <laughs> but anyways. The orderly comes in and slams his breakfast down. Then he opens up the curtains for him for the next morning. No werewolves this time. And (laughs) he kind of like pokes around at the breakfast for a while. And then when he looks up, there's a dead Griffin Dunn in his room looking kind of all mangled. And then Griffin (laughs) Dunn... Really good makeup work. Really fucking good. It gets even better from here. But uh, Griffin Dunn yeah. starts digging into the breakfast saying, like, I thought you'd be glad to see me, Orange Coat. And then they have some, ba- some banter about how his funeral went. Basically, the girl they were talking about in the first scene was there, and she was so upset that she went and fucked some other guy. <laughs> Which I said Griffin Dunn's a little bitter about. And he's like, enough about me, though. You know what I'm actually here for is to warn you that you're a werewolf, and when you murder people... They're going to be pretty much just wandering the earth as lost souls for the rest of uh, eternity until the bloodline's broken. So, but 
But hey, what are best friends for if not to give other friends expo dumps on the situation? I feel like I'd be like, sounds like it's just longer for you to give me hugs. Come here, you. <laughs> oh, you lost your arm. Oh, sorry right, there. Let's get some scotch tape. <laughs> Maybe like a barbecue skewer to like really get it in there. We're going to prop you up like a snowman, you know? No, <laughs> If I wrap that with some twine, it should hold. <laughs> like Swiss Army Man. <laughs> <laughs> so Griffin Dunn says, here's the solution. It's pretty simple. It goes like this. Please kill yourself before you kill anyone else. Then my soul can rest. And <laughs> Orange Code starts freaking out. Then Hot British Nurse rushes into the room. And Griffin Dunn whispers, beware the moon, menacingly disappears before she gets there then hot british nurse goes to comfort orange coat and somehow this ends in them kissing and i'm like damn they really didn't spend much time writing things to make her be plausibly interested in him i i noticed the same thing i was just like i feel like there's really no chemistry real going on here yeah you know what? And I feel like there are a lot of movies written like this for a long time that when I was younger, I was like, man, why aren't girls interested in me? I did exactly what the movies told me. Nothing at all. <laughs> all I said was, hey, baby. And then they just kind of blew me off. And it's like, man, this is never like the movies. Yeah, I was like, hey, I just hallucinated my best friend. Can I come fuck you in your apartment? <laughs> and you know what? Like, she got real upset with me about that. <laughs> tell me more tell me more <laughs> yeah she hit me with her car <laughs> uh-huh uh-huh yeah i didn't like <laughs> anyway this is gonna be a weird episode orange kind of unconvincingly tries to act crazy telling hot british nurse about his dead friend and then they seem to settle on him having more nightmares but this improbably segues into her inviting him to stay with her. It's like I said. <laughs> now they're heading to her apartment, and he asks in a roundabout way if she has a boyfriend, which she doesn't. And they stop at a store where she complains about food prices. And then right after this, they get on the subway, and I'm like, wait, they didn't need that. Like, why did they do that? Yeah, it was weird. I... <laughs> It's a lot of weird, odd place things that happen in this movie that, like, I didn't even take note on. I was just like, well, Jake's going to speak about it, and I'm just going to sit here and be like, uh-huh, that happened. Red- <laughs> I don't know why. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, I don't know why, but it's there. Yeah. I guess we're supposed to see this as, like, foreplay between the two of them, but not the type that gets anybody horny. <laughs> Except for British nurses. You know the type of foreplay where you like rub a balloon on someone's head and their hair sticks up? It's pretty hot. Anyways, they get into the underground and Orange Coat makes a bunch of funny faces at her, surrounded by a bunch of British punks. Yeah. You know, if he wolfed out in this train, that would be one colorful (laughs) mess. (laughs) Get some purples and oranges, but... (laughs) You know, a lot, a lot of, of red. Bright pink sparkled with dark, dark red. 
<laughs> so they head into her place, and he dumps his backpack, and she gives him a quick tour of the place. This is all leading up to the bedroom, where there is only one bed. Then he makes a little joke, and she responds, I think you're sad, and I would like to bang you. Allow me to list off how many lovers I've had. Where I'm like, what's happening? <laughs> and they make out in the shower as Van Morrison plays on the soundtrack. Yeah. And then then they flash cut to them fucking Hold on, before that. that, one quick note. I gotta do it. Because it okay. fucking happens all the time and it bothers me every time. Vinny, because we gotta see them in that shower. What does the shower not have? Doesn't have, it doesn't There's have no shower curtain. There's no fucking shower curtain. There's water all over that goddamn bathroom floor. <laughs> so, you know, Griffin was telling him, like, you got to kill yourself, man, and the line. So it's like, that's that's going to be easy when he slips out of that shower and breaks his neck it's on the It's going to be worse than that because they were making out hardcore in that shower, dude. He's going to slip and fall on that erect penis. <laughs> he going to snap that cartilage in half, man. That fucking wolf attack's gonna be the second worst thing that happened to them this week. So when he's a wolf, though, that that wolf's gonna be a pig, cause it's just gonna be a giant and large broken wolf penis. Someone's gonna be like, "Hey, man, weren't you attacked by a wolf once?" And you'll be like, "Uh, you know what? Yeah, the week my dick broke, that happened." <laughs> well, it's a good thing that he's got a you know a good relationship with that nurse. <laughs> Because as soon as he breaks that pee, it should be like, oh, strangely, I know how to <laughs> fix this. get that shit on ice real quick. <laughs> if she could get out of that bathroom without breaking her neck. She's like, oh my god, there's water pods whoa, everywhere. Whoa, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, then we get a quick dissolve into them fucking in bed. And this sex scene goes on for a Which... long time. <laughs> Yeah, and I was like, they got it backwards, man. You're supposed to go from the bed to the shower. And also, it, it seems to end in cunnilingus, and I'm like, you don't see a lot of that. And also, that might not be the order I would do that in. <laughs> you know, it's like that whole added shit shower and shave, right? But not necessarily in that order. I mean, you want to find out how your own dick tastes, I guess. <laughs> Is this too much? It might be too much. <laughs> Later that night, he wakes up inside of bed. And he heads to the bathroom to piss. Because, like, that's not the way you want to find out. What's yours and what's hers? I mean, taste-wise. <laughs> I'd rather be clear. <laughs> yeah, I need to kill myself before I kill again. Are we all just lost souls that you've slayed right now? <laughs> How dare you, man. <laughs> Let us all list off the ways that you can kill yourself. Anywho. Later that night, he gets up and uh, heads to the bathroom to piss. Anyway, he's all set. Griffin Dunn is waiting for him in there. He's decomposed quite a bit since the last time we've seen him because he's all green now. So, you know, he's taking Frighteners rules. very true. Yes. 
<laughs> his fucking ghosts are always decomposing. So Griffin gives him an attaboy for fucking the nurse. Then they sit down in the living room. <laughs> At one point, Griffin picks up a Mickey Mouse, waves its hand, going like, Hey, Orange Coat, how you doing? <laughs> Which is maybe not something you want to see a ghoul do. Then Griffin's like, you don't seem to get it. And Orange Coat's like, I get it. You're undead and I'm a werewolf. Then Griffin's like, oh, so you do get it. <laughs> then he's like, tomorrow's the full moon. You have to kill yourself before that. And Orange Coat is like, I think I'm probably just going crazy. I don't think I'm going to be turning into a werewolf tomorrow. And the hot British nurse hears him arguing and gets out of bed, just wearing his t-shirt, which, damn... <laughs> Because <laughs> Jenny Gutter is hot as hell. But anyways, I don't like to talk about that. You know I don't. But it stuck yeah. with me long since I watched this movie. Anyways, uh, she convinces him to go back to bed. And back in bed, Orange Coat tells her that he saw his dead friend again. She's like, that just sounds like survivor's guilt. Orange Coat has had enough of this talk. He wants to know if she's ever seen the Claude Rains Wolfman. In the movie, the Wolfman's dad shoots him, so he thinks the Wolfman can only be killed by someone who loves him. Just like, dude, one of us has been near a werewolf murder this week, and nobody who loved that wolf was there. Yeah, they, are, they all seem to have disdain for that naked man, so... <laughs> I consider that a hypothesis disproven. <laughs> so... Because she's a woman written by a man, she's like, I equal parts feel bad for you and want to bone you right now. Well, they kiss. <laughs> well, when she, you know, he got to talk about werewolves, she's like, I hope you turn into a werewolf. Let's, like, spin this around for a second, then. Let's say, like, you picked up a girl, right, and you took her back to your place, and you found her out in your living room arguing with no one, and then she's like, listen... My just-dead friend tell me that I have to kill myself or I'm going to turn into a werewolf. Would you be like, my mm -hmm. God, I'm so fucking turned on right now? No. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's not a reasonable reaction for a person to make. No, not really. It's more or less like, please, get your orange coat and get the fuck out. She's like, oh my God, like, I invited a schizophrenic <laughs> into my fucking house. That's one of those like terrifying moments to you where you're like, I'm not going to make it through tonight, am I? Like, I'm going to find him fucking like towering over me in bed tomorrow morning with a knife being like, ah, John Wilkes Booth, I finally caught you. <laughs> huh? And then the knife goes in. <laughs> that was for honest, Abe. And then, in his mind, Abraham Lincoln's is behind him, putting the thumbs up. You did it, Orange Coat. <laughs> like, I'm not wearing anything right now. I'm naked. <laughs> it's a demeaning nickname if you think about it. He's coming for you next, man. <laughs> There's a lot of assassins out there, Finn. He'll find one with my name on it. <laughs> He's like, well, 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 Mark David Chapman. It's <laughs> anyways. I'm so glad you told us who your assassin would be. <laughs> Cause he's chubby. <laughs> the next day, a car is driving through the moors again. The wind is howling. It's the doctor, 
Although it took me about five minutes to realize who the fuck it was. Yeah, I got lost. Dude. So the car pulls up to the slaughtered lamb. He tries to order a fancy drink, but settles for a Guinness. And he sort of asks around about the American guys who were attacked. And the locals are like, I don't know what you're talking about. Then they treat him about as suspiciously as they did the Americans. And they ask them about the pentagram. And they give their standard non-answer, but I'll note that they don't send him to his death over it. He's British, so, you know. Yeah, yeah you're right. He gets one. <laughs> yeah. So everyone gets one. The local asks him if he's a police officer. The doctor's like, heavens, no. But the boy was asking about werewolves, and I thought I'd look into it. Now they're pissed. But he doesn't even notice, offering to play a game of chess. The guy sort of shrugs him off. Then the dart player ducks out of the pub to check on the dogs, quote unquote. <laughs> what? Yeah. What a weird, uh. I mean, it's kind of like on the nose, you know? Because he's being secretive to get him to go out there, I assume. Yeah. Then I imagine he, like, walks into the door frame on his way up. <laughs> the doctor waits her out awkwardly and then asks about some food and of course they don't have any and he takes a Which, sip of it. i was like what kind of fucking pub doesn't serve food this isn't a brewery yeah i think it's probably the type of thing where it's like no nah, they have food they just want you to go <laughs> what kind of food do you think they're serving there jake some meat pies you know i don't know like imagine going to an applebee's and then being like nah it's we just serve drinks here I'd be like, there's a dude with chicken tenders right next to me. <laughs> like, nah, he brought those from outside. But what about that guy over there that's got, you know, steak and potatoes? They're like, outside. <laughs> like, you know who else should be outside right now? I'm like, I guess me. <laughs> yeah, stay on the road. What the fuck are we doing here, Finn? God damn it. <laughs> All right, the doctor takes a sip of his Guinness and uh, heads back out. When he gets to his car, it's still raining, but he sees the dart player watching him from a distance. He approaches him in what seems to be the world's tiniest graveyard. <laughs> the dart player says... That's where all the cats that he killed with the, <laughs> those uh, rogue uh, darts that he's thrown. <laughs> I never miss. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm never aiming for him. This guy's the gift that keeps on fucking giving. <laughs> um, let's see. The dart player says that the boy's in danger. It was a mistake to let him leave here. And he tells the doctor that there's something wrong with this place. The boy who lived is in danger, and the others will be too, because it's almost full moon. And then the chess guy comes out and shouts, That's enough! Scaring the dart player out of there. Interesting. He he yells at him, and immediately I was just like, it just reminds me of that redhead from Sano. Filthy lies! (laughs) (laughs) Fucking rock between the eyes. Filthy lies! It's so funny, though. It's just like the dude freaking like shambles off like embarrassingly. (laughs) Tripping over every little gravestone. (laughs) But back in London, Vin... The hot British nurse is off to work, and the orange coat is left to his own devices, and a dog starts barking at him uncontrollably pretty much immediately. 
Yeah, with a bunch of creepy little girls attached to that dog. That's right. Now he tries to head back into the apartment, but finds out that he locked himself out. So he climbs up by the windows to try to break himself into his lab pieces place. <laughs> but other on the ledge, a cat waits and is not happy to see him hissing, making itself as puffy as possible. He manages to get in through the window and gives himself a look in the mirror. Then he starts snarling at it as a joke and checks out his teeth. But like, you know, it's just standard bad, not werewolf teeth. <laughs> Then he goes into the other room and turns on the very 1980s TV there and watches some darts for a few moments before it switches to some crazy-ass British tabloid show. Yeah, they (laughs) fucking... It's like this weird expo on Naughty Nina. Yes. She has some salacious tales to regale us with. Yeah, they... You know, Britain... Totally open about their porn, apparently. Well, they have, like, newspapers there that can run nude photos in them, right? Like, they're tabloids. Yeah, I mean, like, we're not too far off from a giant poster I don't think that posting about was, orgies. That wasn't the type of show where it would be a porno, though, like the thing she was doing. It would be the type of thing where she would say things very suggestively, where you're like, Oh, that's a bit no, isn't it? But like nothing like she really. just unsnapped a knickers. It would be the type of thing where she'd be like, "Let's just say we went back to my room and we had a pretty good time." Where at home you'd be like, "Oh, pretty cheeky." <laughs> I had a bit of a snogging, and it's like, "What? Oh, that sounds gross." You do the what now? Is that like in the <laughs> nose or? <laughs> Oh, let's see. Now we get some bad mood rising on the soundtrack as we get a montage Mm -hmm. of Orange Coat walking around the apartment, killing some time. He goes back outside without any shoes on for some reason and then heads back upstairs. Without closing the door behind him. Yeah, it's a real dick move. Yeah. Yeah, back at the hospital, the hot British nurse is visiting with the no kid again. And she, I think kiddingly, suggests beating him about the face and the neck. (laughs) <laughs> no chick she meant it well he said no I'm sick of his so. shit <laughs> but unfortunately in the night sky the full moon is out so blue moon plays again and then in the apartment all of a sudden orange coat who's just kind of sitting there is sweating and screams jesus christ rips his shirt off takes his pants off so. this like this like just comes on so like you know we spent like a good i don't know five six minutes of him doing a bunch of nothing and then a quick little cutaway which meant nothing at all then you see a moon and then all of a sudden he's like jesus fuck and it's like i looked up at the screen because i looked away literally for like maybe a second and then i'm like what's going and then oh he's naked <laughs> yeah it does come out of nowhere and he watches his hand along just like that feral moon arising Red car, good note. He watches his hand elongate and collapses to his knees, covered in hair now, his face contorted in pain. Now, this uh, transformation scene is fucking awesome. It's pretty much the gold standard for practical effects. Yeah, this is the greatest werewolf transformation ever. Yeah, it looks painful and gross and awful. Yeah, it's slow, and it takes forever, and it's like, yeah, this is yikes <laughs> yeah and he screams as his spine seems to change 
and the screams get sort of deeper and uh, more unnatural as transformation progresses. Then his eyes get yellow and his ears grow out. His fangs get super long. And then we hear him feeding on something, and he howls in the night as we get a close-up of the moon. Now, outside in the world, a couple gets out of a cab, and they want to go around back to give Sean a scare. And I'm afraid we're not going to find out who Sean is, because they don't seem long for this world. So <laughs> they're giggling around the back, playing a little grab-ass. The woman asks if they heard anything, if the man heard anything. And then the werewolf appears out of nowhere and tears them apart. <laughs> Yeah, he like goes right for that dude's face. That's right. Downstairs, Vinny. Thank God we meet Sean. His wife is telling him that there's hooligans in the park again. It's like Sean, there's a big bumbling beast frantically shaking a man's ripped off face over there. He's like, yes, yes, yes. It's too say again, I suppose. <laughs> At the hospital, the doctor's back, and he wants to talk to hot British nurse. To find out where Orange Code is. Yeah, no, pretty much. He's like, where is Orange Code? She's like, back in my apartment. And he's like, I mean, I don't want to judge. Like, you know, like, woman sexuality. <laughs> you know, she's free to express it uh, as much or as little as she pleases. That's a personal choice. But I mean, like, come on. Just... <laughs> <laughs> like, he's not the worst looking dude. Okay, like, let's start there. But... He does think he's aware. You know what? Never mind. Never mind. Fine. We know where he is. It's fine. It's not a choice I would make. But seriously, I mean, if you have a yeah, chance like, to just, like, you know, maybe give me a call on the maybe side. Maybe you haven't caught a look at yourself in the mirror lately, but, like, this is a pretty big step down for you. <laughs> like, what, I'm trying to, what I'm trying to convey to you. Probably, like, for someone that looks like you, I'd say professional athlete or maybe an actor, uh, a dignitary of some sort, maybe a titan of business. I just, uh, anyways, I, I'm not going to be able to shake this one off for weeks. Uh, <laughs> wow. What were we talking about? The werewolf guy. <laughs> uh, yeah. You know what? It's about to be full moon. It's just like, because like. His face was scarred up, too, like, when he took him out of here, and, like, he was talking about his dead friend, so, like, he seems crazy. <laughs> and she's like, but that's kind of what I like, and it's like, yeah, 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 I, but I understand. But why would you like it? <laughs> <laughs> let's, 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 let's take a moment to really, like, pace together, like, something, um, why? Just why? It's <laughs> like, what, you, what let's, about let's his throw... <laughs> insanity was attractive? <laughs> Let's throw everything else off the table and just leave one one word. And I only got one word for you. Why? Followed by one more what? <laughs> what why? Then she shows a picture of his penis and he's like, oh, oh. It's like circumcised. Okay. Okay. okay Get those yeah. around here. Jewish, clearly, yes. <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> back at the apartment, Sean's on the grounds drinking hand, and he wants some answers, damn it. So he goes off in the woods, <laughs> laughing at nothing, being like, hey, is that you guys? And then he steps on something squelchy. 
He finds out it's a dismembered hand. Ah! Now, at the nurse's apartment, her phone rings, but Orange Coat is not in. The doctor's like, hmm, is he still talking about all the werewolf stuff? Like, in between clearly having sex with you? His penis did feel quite hairy at one point. (laughs) He's like, "The, the records have been tampered with in town, so I went to investigate. The community is definitely lying about what happened. She's like, okay, but is he really a werewolf? It's like, you know, maybe it's a mass neuroses, and he just thinks he's a werewolf, but that leads to him attacking people. And yet she's still turned on about that. You know, you said tamper with records, and I'm like, right, right, because Orange Coat was playing a lot of, you know, Creedence Clearwater. <laughs> I bet, like, the police record. No, I know. <laughs> He just like put one scratch in it. Just like that. She'll always wonder where it came from. And I'll know. And it always just skips at that one part where it just I see, I see, I see. What did he see? God damn it. And then the darts player is like, these songs always made me cry since I lost this song. <laughs> Anyways, we're with a bunch of hobos now, warming themselves around a fire in front of London Bridge? Question mark. Oh, yeah, Fish, sure. Famous uh, British bridge. Uh, the dog that's with them barks a little, and then he pieces out like, you fuckers are on your own. Right, I tried warning you. <laughs> the hobos hear something growling, and they point at the camera, and we see the werewolf's face. Now that's the end of their story. <laughs> For now. On the London Underground, we see a guy in a blue suit get off. And he gets a pack of gum out of a machine. The train leaves, and he's alone in the station. He hears your basic werewolf growling in the background somewhere, kind of echoing through it. And he's like, whoever's making that noise, I'm not amused. And he tries to bump <laughs> it out of there. Yeah, it's a really British, like, stern. He's like, I can assure you, I'm not a muse. And I'm like, whereas, like, Americans, he'd be like, it's not fucking funny. <laughs> what you fuck <laughs> off, you fucking piece of shit. I was like, I assure you. He's like, I will call the police. <laughs> like, or constable. Like, I think he said constable. Oh, dude. Yeah, he's called the constable for sure. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he's going to get the bobbies here right quick. <laughs> guy finally sees the werewolf though we don't he gets pov chased down the halls of the underground yeah of which then i caught (laughs) i caught a poster on the wall that says non-stop orgy see you next wednesday and i'm like is that usually when orgies happen i thought orgies are like a weekend thing i also like that that seems to imply that it's scheduled every wednesday (laughs) (laughs) oh you know it's like a club they got to keep up the maintenance and whatnot you have to allow me to say this. It puts a new spin on hump day. <laughs> I'm going to go to work and <laughs> instead of say, oh, hump day, huh? I'm going to say orgy day, huh? Orgy Every Wednesday. <laughs> Every Wednesday. So happy to see you guys again. Anyways, blue suit falls down on the escalator and his briefcase spills all over it. Then we get a shot from the top of the stairs as he sees the werewolf approaching. 
And then we cut to lions roaring at the zoo. And like, oh, your basic animals, your elephants, your tigers, your what have you. Yeah. I don't want to stop you again, but I did have a note about the escalator thing. Okay. So he dove face first into that escalator. And I was just like, well, you know, he's probably not going to die from the werewolf, but, you know, from an unrelated escalator incident. He also took so long to get up that I was like, man. He's stuck. <laughs> that stunt guy, like, really hit his face pretty hard on that escalator. He's actually dead, too. I knocked my fucking ass out. (laughs) (laughs) It just carries his unconscious body to the top, and he goes like, thump, thump. (laughs) Hit his head on every single step, which, you know, it's jagged, so he's bleeding. (laughs) That's just going to make the wolf hungrier. (laughs) Now, Orange Coat wakes up with some straw next to him completely naked. And some of it got into his mouth, so he's spitting it out. Then he realizes he's in the wolf pen at the zoo. The wolves are kind of nonplussed to see him, like, just like, hey, what's going on? And one of them sniffs his crotch like my dog does every time I go to take a shower. (laughs) Where I'm like, yeah, stop sexually assaulting me, please. My dog hates the bathroom. She, like, goes in and, like, immediately books out. She doesn't like it. My dog, if I'm not, like, paying close enough attention, there's one time where he definitely lifted my balls with his snout. That's not a feeling I ever want to repeat. <laughs> I had to be like, get out of here! <laughs> there's a feeling first where the balls are coming up where you're like, I don't I don't understand. Are they levitating on their own? And then you're like, ooh, cold and wet. What is this podcast? This is a wild one. (laughs) It's taking so long. Let's just do this. We're almost there. (laughs) Right. At the zoo, Orange Coat is running around behind trees trying to conceal his nudity. Then he calls out to a kid with balloons from behind a bush, and I'm like, oh man, this comes off different these days. Yeah, I was like, great, now he's gonna get busted for fucking public indecency <laughs> and pedophilia. So the kid walks over with his balloons, and he kind of nabs him from the kid, then runs off through the zoo, grabs Well, he doesn't... <laughs> He does a little cute bit where he's going to pay the kid for the balloons. He's like, two pounds. Why would you pay me two pounds for the balloons? He's like, I'm the balloon thief. And he's like, what's the balloon thief want with balloons? And he's like, well, I'm going to show you. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, oh. You can see why I didn't want to dwell on it. <laughs> anyway. All of it sounds like that pair of troops did from a completely different movie. Where people are like, hey, did you see that one with the balloon guy in the zoo? And it's like, yeah, I'll never sleep again. <laughs> now every time I go to the zoo, I'm never going to look at a bush the same. I fucking, like, pop every balloon in the park when I get there. <laughs> you see a naked man just, like, <laughs> jauntily running through and stealing every balloon. <laughs> 
Can that be another one of our shirts? <laughs> it's an earlier version of Up when he was a younger man. You gotta wonder how he got no. all those balloons. Anywho, anywho. We're, we got two steps in the zoo. <sighs> what happens now? He runs off grabbing a coat off a bench, and then the balloon kid tells his mom a naked American man stole his balloons. <laughs> She's like, She's what? Like, wow. <laughs> At the bus station, we get a pan shot of a bunch of feet, including Orange Coat's naked ones. He's wearing a red woman or a woman's red coat. So he's still Orange Coat for clarity's sake, but we're gonna call him Orange Red Coat for a bit. So Orange <laughs> Red Coat goes back to the nurse's apartment. And he calls good morning to her happily. And he pulls on his pants, happily announcing that he lost his mind and woke up at the zoo. The hot British nurse is like, I was worried, and kisses him happily. Like, this isn't the craziest fucking thing someone could say coming into your house. Yeah, yeah. All normal. I mean, she's like, this is totally cool. Yeah. It's gotta be the dick. There's, there's just some magic with that uncircumcised well no circumcised totally circumcised <laughs> we can only speculate but the doctor calls at this moment and the nurse is like don't worry he's here the doctor's like so you didn't read the newspaper okay at this point orange coat is kissing her neck growling a little the doctor's like listen do me a favor get your horny werewolf to the hospital right now <laughs> so the nurse takes orange coat to the streets he's bustling with energy even asking her to go back to her place for a quickie and she's like later now she hails a cab for them he's kissing her neck in the cab and the cabbie's like hey did you hear about all the murders last night and then orange coat is very grim and serious he asks for the cab to pull over because <laughs> yeah, it was all fun and games when he thought he just woke up randomly in the zoo but then when he's like, murders, must be me. Yeah. Now, in this next shot, it's a little funny because he runs through some pigeons, like in a glass case of emotion. But you can tell by the way he's running that he's going at a very deliberate speed in order to get the birds up in the way that's going to work for the shot, where he clearly got it wrong a few times before that. Yeah. <laughs> Because, like, it's not really, like, you would run, like, full speed if you were doing this, but he's, like, sort of, like, hitching his gate, being like, these fucking birds better take off this time. Yeah, because if he moves too fast, then the camera will go blur, so it's just, like, you gotta hit this particular speed. Right, where the birds are just, like, ah! And, like, fly in a different direction. <laughs> fly right into him, like, Jesus, fuck! Yeah, be like, the fucking end of Home Alone 2, lost in New York. That's enough, <laughs> No building up. Jake. Jake. These fucking... <laughs> these Myers, man. They look so beautiful from over here. What? No, wait, what are they called? Moors. No. You don't even know what they are. What is it's it? It's Moors. M-O-O-R-S. What the hell is a moor? It's like a swampy field, basically. Oh, okay. I thought it was like hills. No, no, not exactly. Okay. We got this far in and I finally was like, I don't even know what a moor 
Oh, man. It's like, you know, like Heathcliff and fucking, uh, uh-oh. Oh, wow. I didn't expect the brain to collapse that much on this one. <laughs> Here comes the werewolf. Wuthering Heights, oh, thank God. <laughs> where, where are we? All right. <laughs> he shouts that he's going to the police because there's going to be a full moon tonight. The nurse begs him to be rational, and he screams, I'm a fucking werewolf! Then he runs up to a cop to try to get arrested by confessing to the murders. The cops won't arrest him, so he starts shouting British-based insults. Yeah, yeah, he's like, the queen is a man. The crowd gathers, and he asks, like, if he thinks he should be arrested. Some lady's like, perhaps he thinks you're pulled on a prank. <laughs> Which I was like, oh, these people are so like so proper and so prim, and it's just like I guess it really is impossible to get arrested in uh in Britain. Yeah. Insanely orange coat shouts that he loves hot British nurse. It makes no sense. Then he kisses her and runs away. Now the investigators are at the hospital. They're talking over the matter with the nurse and the doctor. And then orange coat's in a phone booth trying to call collect home. And his little sister's home. And he stops for a moment because he's jealous because he's like, when I was your age, I never got to stay home alone. And he's like, all right, no matter, no matter. Listen, tell my parents, which are also your parents, let's call them our parents, <laughs> and also our little brother, that I love you all. And he's like, yeah, I am not being silly. I love you too, you little scamp, or whatever. <laughs> all right, he's in Piccadilly Circus in the booth. He tries to cut his wrist and then stops, but he sees a real rotted Griffin Dunn standing outside of a porn theater, and uh, Griffin <laughs> Dunn kind of gives him the signal to come inside. So he's sitting in the back, ready to heckle like, uh, like in Silent Night, Deadly Night too. I think. Boo! The lighting effects in this porno, suh. Now we get somewhere of the porn where a guy walks in on a couple fucking. And he's like, hey. I thought I told you never to do this again to the woman. And she's like, I've never seen you before in my life. And he's like, oh, sorry, my mistake. And then leaves. Man, how much of a fucking bummer would it be to, like, go to an orgy and just be like, hey, what's supposed to be going on here? And they're like, you're not supposed to be here. And he's like, I thought everybody was supposed to be allowed at the orgies. Invitation only. <laughs> Invitation only orgy. That's a great band name. Vinny, write it down. Alright. Alright, Puppet Griffin Dunn. Oh yeah, because he's not makeup anymore. He looks more like a Muppet now. Yeah, he's all skeleton-like. He's like, well, I told you so, schmuck, basically. Then Orange Coat still isn't sure if he's a werewolf or if he's insane. But either way, he's happy to see his friend. Yeah. And Griffin Dunn's like, here's a surprise for you. I've brought all the other dead people you killed. The guy from the subway is like, Hey, I'm not your friend. I'm going to torture your ass for eternity, asshole. And then the couple and the homeless people are there too. They're all covered in blood. And they all have come to the one agreement. He should kill himself. Yeah. And they try to workshop how he should kill himself with all of the bodies suggesting different things. Which is hilarious because I'm like, you know, this is probably some sort of thoughts that most people would have if they were, you know, found themselves having to go to a pornographic theater. Um. 
I mean, remember, that was the only way to get porn at this time, but yeah, oh, okay. Yeah, that's true, huh? You're sitting here with your computer porn, like, all high and mighty. <laughs> King of the castle, king of the castle. <laughs> <laughs> it is difficult to imagine leaving your house to jerk off. <laughs> it just is. I'm so far separated from it now. <laughs> <laughs> Like, I can count the times I've jerked off not in my the place I was living on maybe one hand. <laughs> but umcha. <laughs> That's what I do while I'm going at it. Oh. <laughs> the couple suggests a gun, and Orange Coat's like, don't I need a silver bullet? But Griffin Corpse is like, grow up. <laughs> now, out in Piccadilly Circus, we see the full moon comes out. In the back of the theater, Orange Coat starts to moan, which isn't out of place here exactly. I assume that's the sound effects that Pee Wee Herman was making when he got caught. Yeah, those screams of anguish. <laughs> <laughs> then something could... sticky hit the back of some guy's chair and he was just like, that's it. <laughs> but it was like a hand. <laughs> The guy comes up to him as he's writhing around, and Orange Coat begs him to run away. There's a scream outside. The guy comes in the theater to check. In the porno, <laughs> the lady goes to pick up the phone, but it's a wrong number. <laughs> like, this <is> hilarious. <laughs> but they had a lot of fun doing that porn. <laughs> yeah, they sure did. Then a werewolf jumps out and attacks the theater employee. And after that, a cop comes in and finds his mangled corpse. He looks around the theater as they keep fucking on the screen. And he comes up on the werewolf feeding on someone. And he runs outside and shuts the shutters and shouts that there's a monster in there. And a few <laughs> more bobbies come running up and a crowd forms as the werewolf struggles against the shutters. <laughs> then the werewolf gets out. It's <laughs> a guy's head off and tosses it down the street. Which causes a double-decker bus to crash. <laughs> to avoid hitting him. Which causes a guy to burst out of the bus through the glass onto the road. And he gets ran over in a really horrifying way. And heads up with like a pile-up which just has a whole collection of dead bodies associated with it. This is like... Like a Benny Hill skit of just people just fucking dying in this car accident. Yeah, it's just... <laughs> it just keeps going. It's hilarious. I don't think I've ever seen a scene like this where so many people die in a traffic accident in a movie. Me meanwhile, Orange Coat Werewolf is just kind of like scuttling like through all of the crayons. <laughs> yeah. He's not exactly endorsing it, but he's not against it. Yeah. <laughs> Now, at the hospital, hot British nurse is sleeping, and the doctor wakes her up because there's been a werewolf of sighting. So, a whole host of cops pursue the werewolf into the alleys of London, and pretty much every cop in the city shows up, guns drawn, ready to kill this thing. That hot British nurse breaks through the crowd pretty easily, I would add. Yeah, yeah, she's just like, let me through, and they're like, show. And be like, oh, we should... <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, they let her in about as easily as uh, the cops uh, let in white supremacists at the Capitol. Anywho. <laughs> Anyways, the cops are like, all right, let's see what she does. <laughs> she calls out for Orange Coat and finds him behind some trash. 
And she tells the werewolf that they're going to kill him. And he seems to uh, think about it for a moment. Then he makes a lunge at her and the cops shoot him. Then Orangecoat's naked body, which is all shot up, is left in the alley. A hot British nurse cries. And then it plays Blue Moon again. And Vinny, that's the end of the fucking movie. Yeah, that was... That was a shock ender. Because <laughs> I was like, wow. That's right. So... <laughs> It took us a long time, but we got through this. Vinny, I'm the one who selected the movie this week. It falls on me to ask you the eternal question. Did I scare you? No. No. Oh. You delighted me, though. I enjoyed the movie. I like it, too. There's a lot of it I like. Um, The stuff with the nurse, like, bothers me, because I'm just like, it's really, it's not well written at all. No, no, it's kind of shoehorned in. But the bits that, the nightmare bits and the the bits that he shares with his friend are excellent. Like, I think that those scenes are are really good. I agree with you. And obviously the makeup work uh, stands out. It'll stand out for, who knows, another 50 years, another 100 years. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah, it just, it it never, I mean, this movie's 40 years old this year. And and it's still... It still looks amazing. That's crazy to think that movies from such a long time ago, after all these years, still hold up so well. Yeah, that's just that's the way it goes, man. Except for, you know, those 2000s that have that shitty CGI. <laughs> there's good 2000 horror movies, I bet. I There's at least one or two that I like that we'll get to. I as... bet you you're thinking of Final Destination. No. <laughs> the first one's uh maybe it's 2000 actually i was gonna say it's 1999 i think it's 2000 but nonetheless it might even been later <laughs> let's not talk about final destination yet all right so yeah i i like it still i i still think uh yeah it mostly works yeah i i just was really taken aback from the ending because you know i'm for most tropey werewolf movies there's always the sentiment of like you have to kill the werewolf that initially cursed you and then i was just like right right and then like for some reason i forgot that you know they killed the werewolf that infected him and i was just like well they keep saying he's got to kill himself and i'm like isn't there another alternative and then they kill him at the end and i'm like oh yeah yeah John Landis pretty famously said about this movie, like, uh, people consider it a comedy, but, like, the dude show up in the back of a sheep pen on purpose, because he's like, because you know that they're going to slaughter, and, like, it's not going to be a happy end for them. Oh, that makes so much sense. Oh, that's that's actually, wow, that's clever. Yeah, lambs to slaughter. Uh-huh. Fuck. Wow. Yeah, it's all coming together. Yeah, it was really smart. All right, Vinny, if you were anyone in this movie, who would you be? Um, I guess I would be probably Sean, you know, because like there's times where like we hear bumps and, you know, the husband duty is to go and check out those sounds. And I try to act tough, but, you know, deep down inside, I'm pretty fucking scared (laughs) to check it out. Yeah, I think if it was me, I would be the darts player. <laughs> I also like to exaggerate my abilities from time to time. Do you find yourself missing all the time, too? 
you know, just be like, listen, like, I never get anything wrong. And then, like, you know, I'll watch Jeopardy. And, like, really, I get about, like, 40% <laughs> of them right. I'd hate to see what your toilet looks like next to it if you miss <laughs> all the time. That's just an aging problem. <laughs> <laughs> You're like an old cat that just can't seem to get it inside the box anymore. <laughs> Plus, if your belly gets big enough, you're, like, really just guessing where that dick's coming from. Uh, it's like, theoretically, I think it's, like, about there. Jesus. All right, what's your most kiffable moment from this movie? It's gotta be that guy's fucking lifeless body coming out of the car again, run over. <laughs> right? It doesn't have to be that. That's a good one, I think. That's pretty great. Where it's just like, hey, where where are you at? And then you, te- you text them back. <laughs> You're like, can't text and drive. I feel like the guy in the suit going face planting into the escalator <laughs> yeah. with his briefcase opening feels like a pretty good, like, oh, I got a case of the Mondays. <laughs> <laughs> You sent somebody that gif, uh, just like on the random, they're going to be like, that dude's got to be dead, right? <laughs> and you're like, no, there's something much worse waiting for him. <laughs> yeah, like work on Monday. <laughs> it starts bad and then a werewolf tears you apart. That's your Monday, <laughs> the werewolf. Every Monday. Yeah. But you know what? It's worth it on Wednesdays. That's right. Can't wait for those orgy Wednesdays. All right, Vinny, uh, do we have anything else we want to talk about before we uh, take a look at uh, whether or not we have any mail? No, no. I, I suggest that people take a peek at the movie. It's on HBO Max, so it's definitely the perfect time to see it. I don't know how HBO is going to run their licensing on these movies. I would also like to point out it's also available on Prime and Hulu if you don't. Oh, oh, okay. So, well, there you go. There, it's probably going to be on there for a while. So, but you never know. You never know with these things. So, I say don't wait. I say go for it. Yeah, check it out. It's a classic. Uh, it still holds up, and uh, I recommend it. Even uh, even if there are a few things that uh, I have an issue with, they're not like major things. They're just like little things that kind of bother me. Right. No, so, Jake, we don't have email. <laughs> I mean, we never do. But, Vinny, let's say theoretically someone was crazy enough to want us to send us mail. Where would they send it to? You could do so at our email at disypod at gmail.com. That's D-I-S-Y-P-O-D at gmail.com. I keep spelling it slow, hoping that, like, you know, like they're like, yeah, that was it. I just can't understand him. Like, like someone's waiting by every week with a pencil, like this day, this time I'm gonna get it. And then you're like, "Yeah, oh, yes, my pot," and they're like, "No, <laughs> it's too fast." They throw their phone across the room. <laughs> All right. Well, if they want to check us out on Instagram or Twitter, well, you can check us out on our Instagram at Did I Scare You Pod, one word. And if you want to check us out on Twitter. It's uh, D-I-S-Y pod. Okay. All right. Very good. Uh, Vinny, it would, uh, I don't think there's anything else to talk about other than uh, it's your turn to select the movie for next week. What will we be watching? 
<laughs> yeah. Funny. Because I had absolutely no fucking idea what to pick. And I was like, I'm in trouble. But I, um... I think... I think I got it picked. Because this is a movie that I feel like I haven't seen enough of. And I think it warrants definitely a watch. Especially since it's on HBO Max. So I'm definitely on a kick for that. So Jake, we are going to watch the first of... Well, it was three. But it's the first one. I want to watch the first one. Because I don't feel like I've seen the first one enough. We're going to watch Sigourney Weaver's Alien. Oh, okay. Uh, I believe that's 1979, right? Directed by Ridley Scott? Yeah. Okay, great. Alien. I think that's on HBO Max. I'm pretty sure it is. It definitely is. Yeah, because I see the other ones are on there. So I'm like, yeah, I think that was on there. Yeah, interesting that's on HBO Max, actually, because uh, I believe it, the Alien franchise is owned by Fox, which is now owned by Disney. But obviously, they're not going to throw that on Disney Plus. Right. Right. I'm imagining a promo now where, like, Mickey Mouse is like, hey, kids. And then, like, the chestburster <laughs> comes out. Face hugger. Yeah. That thing just. It was <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm not there. That's so good. Yeah, because then you have to have, like, Goofy, like, stand next to him. Be like, you are looking so good, Mick. And, and the thing just, like, attaches itself to his face. <laughs> <laughs> watch a nuke from orbit <laughs> <laughs> alright so we're going to be watching uh, Alien that's a great movie Vinny have you seen it before uh, I have but it's one of those kind of movies that I think I, I've seen only bits and pieces I haven't like sit and watched the whole thing I've seen the ending but I've, I haven't like I don't feel like I've seen it all the way through alright it's a classic it feels like you're uh you're trodden my territory here but the fuck am I gonna do? Complain? Like I'm, I'm like in another Silent Hill. I get to watch Alien again. Yeah, great. I so, I, I feel like I've punished people with that so much so that you know, I felt like I needed to give people something. All right, so yeah, if you haven't seen uh, Alien, please watch along at home. It's a great movie, and uh, yeah, I think that's gonna about do it for us for this week. Uh, thank you as always to Rebel Escape Pod for letting us use their song Monster for our intro and outro. Check them out on Spotify. You have been listening to Did I Scare You? And I have been your host, Jake Albrecht. And I am his co-host and little brother, Vin. And uh, hey, thanks for the ride, lady. How you doing, lady? Thanks. Thanks for the ride. Thanks for the ride, lady. Thanks for the ride, lady. Thanks for the ride. Come closer. Never.